Are you surprised at the advances that have come in the last several years? Oh, yeah, definitely. I um, didn't imagine it would become this impressive. What's strange to me is that we create these models, but we don't really understand how the knowledge is encoded, you know, like to, to see what's in there. It's like almost like a black box, although we, we, we see the innards. And so understanding why it does so well or so poorly, we're still pretty naive. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'm really excited about is our lack of understanding on both uh, types of intelligence, artificial and human intelligence. It really opens new intellectual problems. There's something odd about how these large language models that we often call as LLMs acquire knowledge in such an opaque way, and then it can perform some tasks extremely well while surprising us with silly mistakes somewhere else. Yeah, it's been interesting that even when it makes mistakes, then sometimes if you just change the prompt a little bit, then all of a sudden, even that boundary is is somewhat fuzzy as people play around. Yeah, totally. So, quote-unquote, the prompt engineering uh, became a bit of a black art where uh, some people say that you have to really motivate the transformers in the way that you motivate the humans, like, you know, one custom instruction that I found online was supposed to be about how you first tell LLMs you are brilliant at reasoning, you really think carefully, then somehow the performance is better, which is quite fascinating. But I find two very divisive reactions to uh, the different results that you can get from prompt engineering. On one side, there are people who tend to focus primarily on the success case. And so long as there's one answer that is correct, uh, it means that transformers or LLMs do know the correct answer. It's your fault that you didn't ask nicely enough. Whereas you know, there's other side of people who tend to focus a lot more on the failure cases, therefore nothing works. Both are some sort of extremes and... The answer may be somewhere in between, but th this does reveal surprising aspect of uh, this thing. Why, why does it make these kind of mistakes at all? But we saw a dramatic improvement from the models the size of GPT-3 going up to the size of ChatGPT-4. I mean, I thought of 3 as kind of a funny toy, yeah. almost like a random sentence generator that I wrote. 30 years ago. It was better than that, but I didn't see it as, as that useful. And so I was shocked that ChatGPT4 used in the right way and be pretty powerful. As we go up in scale, you know, say another you know, factor of 10 or 20 above GPT4, will that be a dramatic improvement or a very modest improvement? I guess it's pretty unclear yeah, good question, Bill. I um, honestly don't know what to think about it. But, I mean, there's uncertainty is what I'm trying to say. But I think there's a high chance that we'll be surprised again by even increased capabilities. And then we will also be re-surprised by some strange failure mode. <laughs> and more and more, I suspect that the evaluation will become harder because people tend to have bias toward believing the success case. And then we do have cognitive biases in the way that we interact with these machines. And 
they are more likely to be adapted to those familiar cases. But then when you really start trusting it, it might betray you with unexpected failures. So, yeah, interesting time, really. Yeah, one domain that is almost counterintuitive that it's not as good at is, is mathematics. And so, it, you know, you almost have to laugh that something like a simple Sudoku puzzle is one of the things that it, it can't figure out, whereas even humans can do that. Yeah. So it's like reasoning in general that humans are capable of that these ChatGPT are not as reliable at right now. And so the reaction to that, I think, uh, in, in the current uh, scientific community, it's a bit divisive. On one hand, the people might believe that with more scale, the problems will all go away. And then there are the other uh, camp who tend to believe that, wait a minute, there's a limit, fundamental limit to it. And there should be a better, different ways of doing it that's much more compute efficient. And so I tend to believe the latter. Um, but anything that requires a symbolic reasoning can be a little bit brittle. Anything that requires like a factual knowledge can be brittle. It's not a surprise when you actually look at that simple equation that we optimize for during training these large language models because really there's no reason why suddenly uh, such capability should pop out. And so I wonder if the future architecture you know, may have more of a self-understanding of reusing knowledge in a much richer way than just this forward chaining set of set of multiplications. Yeah, I mean, right now also transformers like GPT-4 can look at such large amount of context, literally. Like it's able to remember like so many words as is spoken just now, whereas humans, you and I, we both have a very small working memory. So the moment we hear, you know, new sentences that we hear from each other, we kind of forget exactly what you said earlier, but we remember the abstract of it. So we have this amazing capability of abstracting away instantaneously and have such a small working memory. Whereas right now, GPT-4 has enormous working memory, so much bigger than us, but I think that's actually the bottleneck in some sense, hurting the way that it's learning because it's just relying on the patterns, the surface patterns overly, as opposed to trying to abstract away the true concepts underneath any text. Subscribe to Unconfuse Me wherever you listen to podcasts. 